Welcome back to another episode of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Final Forms for their support of Wednesday Wisdom. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but Final Forms is more than just registration. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with mobile accessibility, has reminders for parents about policies, physicals, and forms. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the forms that come across your desk. And it does this using secure language translation and it's ADA compliant. It's time for you to talk with a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to thank Huddle. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to elevate the performance of their teams using video and analytics. Huddle is the complete performance platform with online tools, smart cameras, and analytics. They can help you take your team to the next level. Huddle is also built for every level of play. Club and youth teams, high schools, colleges, and even the pros use Huddle to help their teams play better. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year and also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to find out what their tables and boards can do. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They have interactive touchscreen consoles that can help show the achievements of your students, both past and present. Uh, help, uh, let them help you showcase your school's diverse history by going to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also call them at 614-981-3589 or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank our good friends at Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the parents and athletes that really love your program and helps them demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com or you can call them at 
738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. A survey allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. And if you're not using one, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them show you how to take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest this week is Dr. Patty Robbie Keller uh, out of Boston College. She directs the uh, Master's in Athletic Administration program uh, at BC, and uh, just always a pleasure uh, to talk to her. She's incredibly busy, all the things she's doing, but uh, Dr. Uh, Robbie Keller, what do you have for us this week? Jake, thanks for having me on. I, I wanted to talk about our mental health crisis we're having in our country with our student athletes and Right now, it's May 2nd, and I think since January that I know of, there's been nine student-athletes, collegiate student-athletes, um, that have taken their life. And I think it's really important that we talk about mental health and that we talk about it with our student-athletes, with the parents we're working with, with any counselors, teachers, anything we're working with. I think one of the biggest things we need to break the stigma of mental health, that it's okay to talk about it, that it's there. Um, if we notice the population of student athletes that unfortunately have taken their life, a lot of them are white females, very type A, very driven. And in my time working in college athletics and with high school student athletes, this is a population of student athletes we kind of ignore. They have their stuff together. They're straight A students. They're great people. They do community service. They're, you know, they're great in their sport. You know, they're good friends to uh, their friends. We don't worry about this group of population. And these girls, especially, they're most of them are girls, are struggling internally, mentally. They, they have this huge level of perfectionist that they think they have to attain. And failure is not an option for them. And that's something that it's either they're all in or they turn to suicide that they think is their only option. And I think we really need to learn how do we how do we teach them coping skills? How do we combat this? We need to really teach them self-compassion and give them grace and let them learn how to give themselves grace. Um, social media is is fueling this. I, I just I teach a class issues and challenges affecting the student athlete. And we talked about how many times do you post on social media some, when you mess up, right? You know, we mess up all the time, but no one's recording that unless, you know, you make it on funny home videos, but we're always putting our best selves forward on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, all those things. People mess up all the time, but we're just not putting it up on social media. And when our students, especially our young people are living their life on social media, they might only have one or two close friends, but they've got a thousand friends on Facebook or a thousand friends on Instagram. And they're seeing all the amazing and good things and they have to compete with that because these students are super competitive. So they're not really hearing about, oh, I messed up today. I had a student athlete that mispracticed the other day and he was beside himself. And I'm like, why'd you mispractice? He's like, well, I had to write a paper. And I said, did you talk about this with anyone? But your team, he's like, no, he goes, I'm so ashamed of myself. And I said, you know, we all mess up. And I think we need to start talking about how we mess up because I think our younger population needs to see that we mess up all the time. And we need, as adults, we need to show them examples of people who've messed up in their life, have made mistakes, maybe gone the wrong path, and how they've overcome that and gotten back on the boat, you know, back in the ship and, and righted it and have done well. Because I think for most students, they think if they make one, one mistake, it's the end of the world. 
And I think a lot of times now we have put so much pressure on our students that being a strong, diligent student isn't enough anymore to get into. We, we think every kid has to go to Harvard or Penn or University of Alabama or, you know, the Ohio State, Boston College. You know, I work at Boston College and they call it a pen. It's, they call it pen face set. You have to be perfect and you have to be competitive and everything has to be okay all the time. Um, I think there's a book that I really want to encourage people who work with students. It's called What Made Maddie Run? And it's the story of Maddie, Madison Holleran that was a Penn student athlete that unfortunately killed herself. And it's the story is told by Kate Fagan, who, who is his former Division I student athlete. And one of the things that Kate talks about in the book was her disappointment when she saw the Colosseum in Rome. And then she told somebody and they were like upset that she, that she was disappointed about the Coliseum. So then she never really told her true feelings about what she saw in the Coliseum. And that's what we tell people, you know, all the time, oh, suck it up, you got it. We don't wanna hear all the negative things, right? But sometimes people are just venting to us and they, and they need to share their true authentic self. And I think that it's really important that we hear that more, more of the times. I feel like I have to be this, even in my role, like, so perfect all the time. I have to be up, be energetic. I am not an extrovert at all. I am an introvert. And you probably see from me from these videos and people are like, oh, she's probably all great all the time. I am not, I have to go recharge at home all the time. So that's so important that we realize that people can share their, be disappointed about something or not like something and be able to share it and, and say, this is my opinion, why I didn't like it or why we're having issues and why we're making mistakes. And I think for student athletes, you know, one of the big things is I'm seeing my daughter's 12, you know, is that pressure to pursue greatness at 12 year old. I'm like, this summer, I want her to go to Great Adventure. I want her to go see grandma in Oregon. She doesn't need to be in volleyball camp all summer long. I mean, she's five, seven at 12, but in playing two years above her age group, but we want her to be a 12 year old, you know? And I think some of our parents are so focused on their kid being great at 12. Well, let me tell you, your kid might hate volleyball so much by the time they're 17, they don't want to play at all if you keep pushing it on that way. And, and I think one and our, our students too, they're really afraid to disappoint us. Right. We've done so many things for them throughout the years. I'm seeing this now. I tried my kid everywhere and she's so disappointed. She's so, it's so hard for her to say to her, oh, mom, I don't want to do that right? Because I put all my money and my time and my investment. I have nieces that are older and they're, they don't want to disappoint their parents. We have, people are giving up their family vacations, new cars, additions on their houses for, to get our kids in club sports and take them all over the world to travel. And our, our, our kids see that and they don't want to tell you that they don't like it anymore. They don't want to do it anymore. It's too much pressure. They just want to play club. They don't want to play division one. They want to play division three and not make it their life. So this is something I really want our population of people listening to this. And I really hope you read what made Maddie run. And I challenged, we did this as a book study in our class and every one of my students, and they're all in their 22, the 30 year old range. And some of them are student athletes and some of them are coaches at BC. I challenged them all to share this book with five people. And they're like, no, we're challenging it with 10. They're having their coaching staff read it. The student athletes were asking their coaches to read the book because they said, there's so many things that I want to tell them that I don't know how to talk about it, but the book really helps. So that's something too, really, um, you can buy this book anywhere. It's on Amazon. It's not expensive. It's like 12 bucks. I had it sitting on my um, desk for almost three years before I read it because I didn't want to read it. It's sad. 
it's a hard read, but it's something once you start, you can't put it down. And then you do, you want to share it. You want to talk about it because it's so important. And especially what we're seeing in the news, we're hearing about eight student athletes. That's eight that have committed suicide. I am sure there's millions every day. Well, not millions, but many thinking about this. And if they're thinking about it and they're seeing it and they know it's an option then. So this is something that we really need to start talking about and letting know our student athletes that we're, he that we're here for them. They can talk to us, we'll help them, you know, get services. I think that's the important thing for coaches and athletic trainers and athletic directors to know that we're not the counselor. We're here to help get, get them help, right? We're here for them to talk to, but we got to refer and get them help. And I think that's really important. And Jake, thank you so much for letting me talk about this. It's really been heavy on my heart. I'm not a big writer. I don't want to write a whole blog, but I did want to talk about it and share it with our audience that we that we all need to be talking about it. Oh no, absolutely. Uh, you know, you're uh, you're you're uh, a great friend, and also your voice is an important part of our uh, what we're trying to do here with Wednesday Wisdom. Um, you know, I, I've heard this comment before, not you know, yesterday, but, you know, let's say in the last couple of years from, you know, ADs or coaches or leaders about talking about suicide. And, and the comment is something like, well, I don't want to bring it up because that might trigger someone. And, you know, the response uh, that, that a professional gave uh, was that, you know, your silence on the subject uh, could trigger your acceptance for the students because you're not talking about it. So, um, you're on the front lines of this, you know, you're teaching, you know, uh, young student athletes, you know, young adults still, um, what are some ways that a, a coach an AD or, or someone listening to this podcast right now can, whether it's from the book, what made Maddie run, or just from your experience, what are some things that they can do, uh, you know, help these help our listeners do a better job in this area? What's some advice you can give us? I mean, there's resources through your school counselor at school, I'm quite sure. I mean, even having the suicide number posted somewhere like that they know they can talk to somebody, right? There's there's posters out there. There's tons of resources. Um, and, and then, like I talked about earlier, like talk about people who have struggled. Bring in someone to talk to your team, a former athlete that you had a long time that had a rough patch in their life and is doing and doing great, right? Have them come in and talk about how they struck they struggled. Success is not linear. I think we all know that, Jake. And and I think we know that. I mean, I've been fired from a job and now I'm a director of Boston College, right? It wasn't it and it was. I felt like the first week after I got fired, it was the end of the world. But I remembered all the times that I had to pick myself up from playing sports. You know, I've gotten cut on teams and things like that. And I use those coping skills. But when you always are on top, always, always, always on top and you, you never fail. Cause you honestly probably have never had, been exposed to failing when you do it's devastating. So that's something we need to talk about with our athletes to prepare them that you're going to fail. You're going to fail all the time in life. Life gets harder as we get older. And you know, I, I fail every day, right? Like every day I fail at something and I try, and I try to learn new things too, because I, you grow that way, but you're going to fail as you learn and get to know them. So that's something I think as adults, we, we share with our student athletes, like I messed up today, you know, like I'm not a perfect parent. I'm not a perfect coach. I'm not a perfect professor. Like I do my best. And then when I do fail, I try to acknowledge it. I tell my students all the time, like, Hey, you know, I messed up grading this assignment or creating this assignment. I tell them I apologize, you know, and let's, you know, help me what works better. And like, 
try and get that give and take with your athletes. Even when you're coaching, like when I'm coaching our, our I have 14 year old girls that I coach on club soccer team. I'm, I'm not always perfect. Right. I get mad. You know, I get frustrated with them or I make a drill or work on a drill and it just doesn't work out, you know, and I just tell the girls I'm like, Hey, this isn't working. Let's try something else. You know, or we, we lose a game and maybe I didn't place players the right way. And I talk with them the next practice and say, what could we, what could we've done better? What do you think I can do better? What do I need to know from you guys off the field? Those kind of things. I think that's really important that we have these conversations with our student athletes and ask them about how are they doing? Another thing my athletes even talked about was having a, not even not called a mental health day, but like a day off that the day they could just text coach and say, you know what, I'm not coming today. And it might be they, they just needed to sleep. They needed to study for a test. They needed to help errands for grandma and they just haven't had time to do it. But a day that they didn't feel pressured that they had to be at practice, you know, and the student athletes are even like, yeah, don't make it the day before a game, but tell them that you get one day through the season. And the student athletes even talked about even knowing that was there, that that catch was there for them. They said that made them feel better. And that coach cared about them as a person and not just the athlete on the field. And I think that's really too, and the student athletes really talked about when we talked about the book was how much a relationship with their coach meant to them. Like they said, they didn't have to be best friends with them, but knowing that their coach cared about them off the field, just as much as on the field. And we talked about, you know, going to college, your choice. Why are you going to college? You know, are you 99% of our student athletes are not going to play pro sports. We just had the draft, right? You saw 150 young men got drafted, but what about all the million other kids, right? Going to college for something you're passionate about, usually what you're going to do a career in, making sure that majors there, that support group on college campus, if you like, you know, being involved with student government and all those other things that you have options to pursue other passions besides your sport. Because then it, that all becomes tied into your identity of all you know is your sport. And that's all you know of you. That transitional piece too, when you leave college and you go out in the real world and you're a basketball player, and then what are you? You're nothing. That's what students feel like. I'm nothing because I'm not a basketball player anymore. Like how do we work with those transitions and identity piece too, as well as really important working with our student athletes. Boy, you really, uh, you gave us a lot. Uh, two things that, that, that stick out, um, you, know, you talked about, you know, you know, you and I, you know, as adults, you know, we've gone through high school and college and, and we've had all those ups and downs. We have that perspective uh, that uh, a 16 year old, 19 year old, even a 22, 23 year old, they, they just don't have the, all those life experiences uh, knowing that, you know, hey, you know, uh, you are gonna come back from this. Um, and then also you talked about um, not parents, uh, you alluded to it, you know, the parents nowadays, many times, they just want to remove any kind of obstacle or challenge from their path so they won't fail. And, and again, you and I know that that's where we get better. That's how we get better is, you know, trying hard in practice, you know, it, it doesn't work, but we come back the next day or taking that test and, you know, you, it doesn't turn out the way you want to, but you, you know, you go back, you study, you prepare and um, the challenges is, is how we get better physically and emotionally. And, and so parents trying to sweep challenge out of the way, it's, it's really counterproductive. So really appreciate exactly. you sharing all that. Yeah. And you're a parent, yeah. you know this. Uh, but I know this. I mean, my <laughs> daughter told me at nine o'clock on Sunday night that she needed a poster board. 
you know what? Walgreens was open at nine o'clock at night, but I wasn't going to get it. It was too late. And she's in seventh grade. So let her fail now because then she'll learn in high school when it actually sometimes counts a little bit more. You know, they you got to be more prepared. So exactly. we had a lot of tears that night. And, you know, like I'm the worst mom in the world and all that kind of stuff too. And, but you know what? At the end of the day, it, she's in seventh grade. And, you know, that's a little tiny assignment. And she'll remember next time when we go to the store, maybe we have poster board around just in case too. So that's really important that we, you know, we teach our kids that there are consequences too when they do fail, that they can't always be bailed out. And, you know, one of our student athletes even talked about, you know, sport is hard and it's supposed to be hard and it wouldn't be as great as it is if it wasn't hard, but there's, there's a difference between being hard and, and to its mental distress. And that's where we have to find that tipping point for our student athletes. And everyone has a different tipping point and we all know this. And then by knowing your student athletes, you, you can try and figure out what their tipping point might be. So we're not pushing them over that level. And I right. think many of, many of us as parents, do we know our kids' tipping point? Some of us do, and some of us don't. And that tipping point might change from month to month to season to season too. And, and we need to be able to recognize that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I loved your idea. Uh, I wish I was still coaching. That's how much I love it. Okay. <laughs> The, uh, the mental health day or, or that one day off. You can't do it the day before a game. That makes perfect sense. But uh, to your point, the, the kids just knowing they've got that in their pocket, you know, coach, uh, I'm using my mental health day or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. I'm using my hall pass. Uh, that is Okay, you know, we'll, this is what we're going to cover. I'll see you tomorrow. And uh, I, I, I really, if I was an AD right now, I would recommend to every single one of our head coaches that they do that in their program. And I'll, I'll, I would bet a lot that they would see immediate uh, results, you know, take a good program and make it even better uh, because of that, you know, social, emotional health component that um, it's just so hard to address it in a, in a productive way that kids are going to appreciate and they're not going to see as trivial. But I think that is a great, great idea. No, we, when we have days off from work, right? whether it's mental health or, you know, holidays or vacation, but when you're in season, there's no day off. Right. And I, I mean, I remember going from August 1st to December 24th with no day off and it's exhausting and I'm an adult. So imagine a 14 to 18 to 20 year old trying to do that. And for some of our student athletes, they're managing some of their household chores and, and things like that with no money and, right. and those kinds of things. And maybe they have to pick up that chip that, um, shift the Chick-fil-A and, you know, or do whatever they have to do. We don't know what their situations are many times. And for these girls and, and these young men that are so type A, like those three hours of studying for that test might mean the world a difference to them. It, mm -hmm. That could be their tipping point is you of letting them study for those three hours. So we don't know. And we giving them that option and knowing they have it, I think is really big for their mental health. Oh, huge, it's huge. And again, thank you so much for sharing. For listeners, uh, we've been talking with Dr. Patty Robbie Keller from Boston College. Um, share, if you will, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit and also find out about the many uh, educational and professional development opportunities uh, that you direct at Boston College, how do they get in touch with you? Sure. We just added a student athlete development certificate. So anyone working with the student athlete population counselors, coaches, anything like that. It's four classes. And um, if we 
you would take issues and challenges affecting the student athlete. It's online or it's in person if you're in Boston. But my email is R-A-U-B-E-K-E-L at bc.edu. If you Google Patty Robbie Keller, Boston College, it comes right up. I'm on LinkedIn too. I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Okay. Dr. Patty Robbie Keller, thanks again for sharing today. Thanks as always for being a part of Wednesday Wisdom. Thank you so much, Jake. You take care. Okay. For listeners, uh, the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We do Wednesday Wisdom every week and new content just about every day on the Educational AD Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Always great uh, stuff with Dr. Patty Robbie Keller. Uh, we didn't take a break for our commercials uh, just because uh, I wanted to give her a chance to talk free flow, but we couldn't do this without the support of our sponsors. So please visit our uh, sponsors, uh, Final Forms, uh, Sideline Interactive, Huddle, uh, Hometown Ticketing, uh, Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. They sponsor the AD's Toolbox and Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. Uh, as an AD and as a coach, I've used every single one of these products and services and I can vouch for them personally. They are great and as an athletic director, you need to add them to your toolbox. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time on Wednesday Wisdom and just about every day for the Educational AD Podcast.